This episode is exclusively sponsored by Manifest Commerce, empowering merchants with earth-friendly omnichannel fulfillment. Now, through March 31st, Manifest is offering no-cost onboarding, which is a $1,000 value for modern startup marketing listeners. Simply email nocarbon at manifestcommerce.io and mention the Modern Startup Marketing Podcast. Yeah, so I mean, roughly 80% of this budget is tied to direct correlation to pipeline. So just straight up, I go and spend the dollars and I can show you the pipeline that came in as a result. And then the other 20% is made up of people that are helping, but not full-time employees, as well as analyst content production and things like that. So my rule of thumb when you're actually building a budget is to have that 80% that's driving to a correlation to pipeline and revenue so that you're not wasteful and so that you're seen as a revenue driver and not a cost center in your business. If you're looking to up your startup marketing game, you're in the right place. This podcast will help you simplify, prioritize, and see big wins from your marketing efforts. Every week, you'll hear from some of the world's best venture-backed startup founders, marketing leaders, and startup experts about marketing, brand, growth, what's working well, challenges, and how crazy and fun marketing can be when you're at a high-growth startup. See ya inside. Welcome back, everybody, to the show. This is going to be fun because I'm doing this like series where I talk to mostly folks that have been on the podcast already. And we're talking about marketing planning. We're talking about 2022 marketing plans, budgets, resources. And so today on the show, I am welcoming back Dan Fronin. Dan, welcome. Thank you so much, Anna. I'm super excited to talk planning. It's one of my favorite topics, actually. Great. That's why I have you here. So Dan Fronin is, he was CMO at Sendoso. That's when I had him on last on the show. So you may remember him from that episode. He is now CMO at Upkeep. And I'm so excited to have you here to talk through marketing planning. So let me introduce Upkeep really quick. Upkeep was founded in 2014, has 176 people, is based out of Los Angeles, and is Series B funded, so 48.8 million total. And the quick, we were just chatting about the difference between marketing technology and it's a different industry, right? You're in a different industry now. So it's the number one software for maintenance and facility management teams. It's a platform developed for technicians and maintenance workers that provides them with a maintenance management system. And customers include McDonald's, Pepsi, Shell, Marriott, the whole shebang. I'm not going to go through all of those big brands, but um, so that folks listening kind of get a sense of what Upkeep is all about. So let's dive in. If you're ready, Dan, are you ready? Let's do it. All right. Okay. So 2022 marketing plan. I know this is on people's minds. The marketing landscape has shifted so much throughout the pandemic. Still folks are, you know, working on their plans. Let's talk about channels. Let's talk about budget. Let's talk about resources. How are you thinking about splitting your budget? Let's talk about budget first. Like, how are you thinking about maybe you're tweaking how the marketing programs works before? Maybe you're completely revamping. I'd love to talk about budget first. Yeah. So I'm in somewhat of an interesting situation because I came in, I think 
in late April, right? So a lot of what I've been doing over the past seven, eight months has actually been laying down a lot of foundation, learning what works for the business and what doesn't. And I couple that with what's still continuing to go on in the world. Everyone's at an event right now, but I have a feeling in January and February and March, that might be different just based on the landscape of the pandemic. Um, so really what, what I'm doing is I'm actually focused on shoring up the channels that we know work really well for us. So we have a good baseline SEO. So making sure I'm investing the dollars to not only shore that up, but grow it. Uh, paid digital does really well for us, but we all know that you can't just keep spending to infinity. So it's optimizing paid digital. And then, you know, as we go up market, it's about developing programs that support more of a demand gen motion than an inbound lead capture motion. And something that I find really fascinating about choosing channels and deciding where you should put your dollars is it also has a lot to do with the size and maturity of one of the most critical teams required to get your return on investment which is your sales team, right? So a lot of what I've been thinking about is like, okay, what is the maturity curve of our sales org and when will they be ready for field marketing or events or things like that so that you're actually turning on channels when they can actually be done in a really integrated and proper handoff sort of way. So, you know, the the way it looks for me right now is heavy digital, heavy SEO, turning on a lot of experiments to start to validate if field events are something we want to do at scale and then sprinkle in a little bit of brand. <laughs> awesome. Okay. How big is your sales team right now? Sales team right now is roughly 20 people. And it's actually, it's going up to, I think, 30 first half of next year. Okay. So it's a pretty sizable sales team. So I heard from you SEO, I heard paid ads, you're optimizing, I heard demand gen. What goes into that? How do you think about demand generation? Like what are you, what do you include in there? So within demand generation, I really think about it, the core of it is segmentation, right? And what segments we want to go after from a company size standpoint, and then the industries that we want to kind of own our own destiny with. So really the basic thing is identifying those things. And then Demand gen is database marketing, it's webinars, it's field strategies, it's content. It's all of those things that we partner with our, our BDR team on um, to get that content, to get that mind share out there so that we can generate awareness before they're even ready to hit a demo button on the website. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. How are you splitting your budget then? How are you thinking about organic? Because you have mentioned brand. You said sprinkling some brand in there. Yeah. I heard that. You mentioned content. You mentioned like webinars. Like I bucket that all into organic stuff. And then you mentioned paid ads, which are working well and you want to optimize. So what's your like overall sort of split there? Yeah. So, I mean, roughly 80% of this budget is tied to direct correlation to pipeline. So just straight up, I go and spend the dollars and I can show you the pipeline that came in as a result. And then the other 20% is made up of people that are helping, but not full-time employees, as well as analyst content production and things like that. So my rule of thumb when you're actually building a budget is to have that 80% that's driving to a correlation to pipeline and revenue so that you're not wasteful. And so that you're seen as a revenue driver and not a cost center in your business. Absolutely. And now since you're like seven months in, you definitely want to focus on that. I can see how that is important. When you say 80% direct to pipeline, is that just paid ads? Do you think about other channels 
Yeah, those are events. Those are paid digital. That's SEO work. That's a percentage of the content work. That's content syndication. That's all of the things that you could tie to pipeline. Okay, got it. And then the other 20%, you mentioned content and then some like freelancers that are helping. Like what is that? What would you call that? Agency support and, you know, what I'd call like analyst and brand. Awesome. Thanks for clearing that up. Cool. Okay. So who's on the marketing team now? I'm curious, like how, how are you planning to build out resources? You mentioned sort of where you're planning to, where you, you're, how you're splitting the budget, um, what channels you're leaning into. What are you planning to do with the marketing team? Who's on there now and what's the future look like? Yeah. So we were, you know, myself and, and our CRO came in right around the same time. And we were fortunate enough to be given the ability to front load our teams. So a lot of what we've been doing over the past six months is building the foundation and building the teams. So I actually entered the year with a demand gen team that has content, that has program management, that has um, paid digital uh, product marketing team that supports um, different areas of our product, as well as like customer and sales. We're big on community. So we have a community team as well as like a customer marketing team that sits in there. And then we have a a sales development org within marketing that supports all of the different segments in the market and course marketing ops. And then I think any CMO or higher level marketer that can should get a designer on their team sooner than later. It's definitely a secret weapon to you know, really unify your brand, go out and have a unique look that goes along with your messaging. Do you have one right now? I do, yeah. Okay. And then how we plan to grow next year is really just adding strategic positions around program management. So I had mentioned segmentation and, you know, being industry specific. So really, you know, getting specialization within segments versus treating them as one size fits all is important as well as, you know, I'm a huge fan in product marketing. I think when you get product marketing right, then a lot of things go right as a result of that. So continuing to invest there as well. Yeah, product marketing, love it. It's That's like the first, um, like when startups are just beginning their marketing, they should hire someone that's good at that stuff, I think. Cool, okay. Before we started recording, you had mentioned that this is sort of like, you, you come from Sendoso, upkeep is a different beast. Can you talk more about how, like what's, different? What's unique? Can you tell me more about the target buyer and how you have to sort of like start the marketing stuff from scratch maybe because not as much content is out there for them? Like what's happening? What's the dynamic like? Yeah. The uniqueness of upkeep is we actually don't do well in just one product category. We are a leader in CMMS, enterprise asset management, asset performance management, and then a bunch of these subcategories in they all have slightly different buyers and slightly different value propositions, right? And you know, one of the things that we thought about really early on when I was here as an exec team was, okay, well, how do you differentiate in the market? And then the fun topic of category creation comes up, which is own the narrative in the market. And how do you own the narrative is you change the narrative. And that's what we've done. We, we coined a term asset operations management, we know that the teams that we want to bring together is one are uh, maintenance, reliability, and operations. And we want to take them from a perceived cost center around maintenance just being something you have to pay for to a revenue driver by actually being more um, proactive about your maintenance and eventually predictive, right? So that's kind of the crux of it. And when you look at a company 
like Sendosa, which I, I love dearly and had a blast marketing there, they had a category play as well. The benefit that they have is they can actually use their own product to market the product, which was a lot of fun too. So Sendosa was my secret weapon there. Here it's a lot more around market validation through analysts, ROI through customer case studies, getting the right conversations at the right time, and then going and doing more of an enterprise sort of motion around you know business transformation software, which is just a different beast, but it's also a, a really fun challenge and something I enjoy a lot as well. Are you going to use Sendoso to send them something if... It makes sense. I'm, yeah, just I'm, I'm, I'm sure it could be in the roadmap at some point for sure. Yeah, no, that would be really funny if, if you did. Anything else that's sort of unique and helpful, you think, about your plan, about your marketing plan, about 2022, how you're thinking about it, that you want to share to listeners? Because we might have covered most of how you're thinking about your plan, but maybe not some details. I think the most important thing is making sure that at the core of everything is your message and what the overarching goal is because content can work with SEO obviously, but the content can also work with your outbound cadences that your BDRs are leveraging. It can be used in your email marketing. It can be used as collateral, it can be in your blog, right? And the more that your prospects see one company, one voice everywhere, the more they're going to pay attention to you and wanna do business with you. And it's also a growth act to actually scaling your marketing team by connecting the dots on all the programs and making sure that there's no waste there. Yeah. How do you make sure everybody's on the same page related to what you just said? One voice, one company, one voice, and using maybe some of the, maybe you're thinking about it as pillar content, right? We did this webinar. We have like an hour long video. We can use that stuff in our email marketing or sales collateral. How do you think about that? Yeah, I, I, I'm a huge believer in some sort of like market narrative framework where I don't know if that's monthly, if it's quarterly, but something that you're putting out into the market that's a sustained thought leadership theme that the entire team can rally around. And then as part of that, if you think about it in three months, there's actually a fourth part of those three months and that's what's always on. And that's like your core demand gen, right? That's your nurtures, that's your outbound, that's your PR whatever it is, right? And I think if you can master both of those and have the balance of always on and then differentiation in the market, then you're in a pretty good spot. Yeah. Going back quickly to the category discussion. I mean, it's like super cool. I just spoke to somebody that's actually, it's an agency that helps startups with category design and then does the whole like narrative plus the creative with them, which I think is awesome. And I think it, it opens up so much more opportunity and like startups don't understand this, that it's a different ball game. And there's so much more upside if you know how to do it. It's hard. How did you go about doing this at Upkeep? You knew you're a leader in a bunch of product categories with slightly different buyers and slightly different value propositions. So, But you also knew that you wanted to figure out what is this category that we're creating? So how did that come about? Who did you sit with? How did you hash it out? Yeah, it originally started with, you know, the exec team and really, you know, looking at our current buyers and where we wanted to go. And, you know, being a founder led company with Ryan, our CEO, you know, we have the benefit of his vision for where he sees us. So what we did is extracted that vision and saw that it was so much bigger than a CMMS, which is where we were really bundled, right? For the most part, 
And we started to see, okay, this is a much bigger story around a lot of different personas. You then start to look at your market validation and then the product roadmap and you go like, oh, this is actually a platform play. And it looks very similar to adjacent industries. Like I was in quote to cash for a while. So it was very reminiscent of a business process versus just like a point solution. So that's how we approached it. And I think the interesting thing with category creation is it can easily just turn into like some words on a page and a market narrative. And we went the extra mile here and actually looked at it as a business strategy and a product that you need to deliver, a market message, so that it's not just marketing saying that we're a category, but our product, our roadmap, our everything, our go-to-market is all built around the same thing. Every other word that you hear out of anyone's mouth at our company now is asset operations management. So it's a pretty deep sort of thing that you have to spend quite a bit of time on. Yeah. Awesome. Sounds like you're doing it right. So that is super cool. Super cool. And you have experience from Sendoso. So that makes a lot of sense. Dan, what are your goals? What do you want to accomplish in 2022? I'd love to know both on a personal level, professional level. Tell me. Yeah. So, and I'm glad that you asked this question because it gets me to start thinking about it myself. So I think the the first thing is like being happy personally is going to make everything in your life amazing. So, you know, personally, I want to do what I'm doing right now, which is be able to spend tons of time with my kids and my wife and my extended family, make sure that when I am doing that, that I'm super present. And in my professional life, I want to keep being the best executive that I can be for the company. And that means being a really good colleague to the rest of my exec team, and then being a really good leader for the marketing team. And within that, really want to spend the year enabling the team around me to do their best work and do it as independently as possible so that they can grow and become, you know, the future CMOs as well. I love that. Those are some great goals for 2022. I'm excited for you. I know it's been like around seven months or so that you've been at the company. So I'm sure we're going to see a lot more cool stuff, growth, go to market, all that stuff. I will be checking back with you next year on how it's going. So (laughs) We are definitely keeping in touch. So if anybody wants to reach out to Dan, he's on LinkedIn, Daniel Fronin. And to find out more about Upkeep, you can go to upkeep.com. And Dan, I just want to say thank you again. It's such a pleasure always to have you on here. You have such a great personality. No, thank you. I appreciate it. It's always a blast talking to you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Modern Startup Marketing. New episodes are dropping weekly, so make sure you're following wherever you get your podcasts. You can find me on LinkedIn, search for Anna Firminov, or go to my website, firminovmarketing.com. Thanks for listening.